0: Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure To the greatest radio show in the history of the universe And that's because I have the greatest guests uh, That you can possibly have on our radio show Today we have Father Jonathan Meyer We're going to be talking about his conversion story And we're going to be talking about uh, the Euchar- Eucharistic revival We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure
1: Kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack Explore the grittiness of manly spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. Zoop up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride.
0: Aloha. Welcome back to the Bear Wozniak adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Today we're going to have as our guest, Father Jonathan Meyer, and uh, we'll be bringing him on here in just a few moments. I wanted to mention something. Last night we had cowboy, Catholic Wyoming cowboy priest, Father Bryce Lundgren and his friend. Father Joseph Paddock from Montana, uh, they're staying here with, in our, a studio condo that we have here available for priests. And guess what happened? Uh, we we've taken them out surfing, we've taken them out snorkeling. Uh, um, they've had just a just an incredible time while they're here. But last night, they took us out to uh, the Moana, the oldest hotel here in the islands. Beautiful setting on the ocean, underneath a banyan tree. And uh, they asked my wife about her her uh, her journey with the Lord. And it's very difficult for my beautiful bride, Cindy, to talk about that because she can it's hard for her to get through um, her story because of the intensity of the encounter that she had with Jesus Christ. And she was a she was a young woman that was brought up in a very strict Southern Baptist little town in northern Florida. uh, We're kind of um, kind of one of those environments where like they had to burn their rock and roll records well actually i think when they were young they threw them up like skeet and their boyfriends shot the records but it was a little bit of an oppressive environment and so she she had a a tenderness towards the lord but she just did not know how to find him and uh when we found each other when we met each other on the beach in Cocoa beach florida on an easter sunday morning after sunrise service and when we were about to paddle out for a surf con contest she was there watching and I met her there, and that kind of began this journey for her and I. And uh, part of that journey was for her to go with me to the Catholic Church, and uh, she began to have a an uh, open up like a hibiscus flower uh, to the to the the possibility of having a personal relationship with the Lord. And uh, and then we uh, we were fortunate to go on a a, a pilgrimage to Israel uh, with Father Don Calloway and. She was so wanting to have that personal experience. You know, she had become a Catholic by then, but she hadn't had that moment of just knowing way down in her heart how much Jesus loved or experienced God's love. And she had that encounter at the moment she touched the rock of the primacy of Peter. And she was just in, infused with God's love so much that. She's only told the story a few times because she really can't say it because it chokes her up so much. She just, she's just overwhelmed by the infusion of God's, of God's love. And today I want to talk a little bit about that with, our, with our, our guest, Father Jonathan Meyer, just about the love of God. I mean, it's not, it's, God isn't just a, a religious doctrine... God is a person, and He created you for a relationship with Him. That's why He breathed into Adam and Eve a, uh, a living soul. Or as we say in Hawaii, He alohad uh, His breath. It means to give breath into Adam and Eve so that they could have a spiritual soul that could commune with Him. And so, Father Jonathan Meyer, so glad to have, have you on our show. We know, we know uh, how much you love the Lord. Welcome to the Berwasnik Adventure it is a great blessing to be with you
2: today, and I really do appreciate taking the time to yeah, to invite me on your show and take the time to just do what we need to do, which is talk about the Lord. It is the most important thing that we do, and I am
0: blessed and honored to be here with you today. Yeah, it's so neat. Our priests that are visiting here, they're Christocentric. I mean, it's they fully are enlivened in the fullness of the Catholic faith, but the center of our Catholic faith, we know, is is Jesus Christ, and we're going to, be, we're going to get, get to see each other in person here pretty soon. How cold is it up there in St. Leon, Indiana, where we're going to have our conference? It's about 29 degrees here today. So it's about mm, 60 degrees colder than here. Just a little bit of a difference. <laughs> when I spoke at Lake, at Lake Erie last winter, up there where Father Larry Richards is, uh, I, uh, I told him I don't want to be outside any more than 90 seconds during my whole time there, and they actually— committed to it and they did it i think i was outside i sprinted from car to door and things like that i think i was outside less than less than a minute that's that's what i think so i hope you guys can do the same for me uh father just just for background your your kuleana right now where are you serving i know you serve as a cross country and track coach too but as a priest uh where are you and uh what your parish is yeah
2: i'm in southeastern indiana so i am what I like to call the Indiana side of Cincinnati, and I am a pastor in Solidom. So there's two of us that are both pastors of the entire county known as Dearborn County. There are seven church buildings in the county and there are four parishes. One of the parishes is four former churches. So it's seven church buildings, four parishes, one Catholic school, and we have eight weekend masses. We like to say Dearborn County, seven churches, eight weekend Masses, endless possibilities. So God is doing some really great things here, and I have been here since 2014. So I'll be coming up on my ninth anniversary very, very
0: soon. And you're also a National Eucharistic preacher. Is that how how you say it? What does that mean? What is that role? What role do you fill there? Yeah. So Bishop Andrew
2: Cousins, in his role at the United States Bishops Conference in the Eucharistic Revival taking place in the United States of America, commissioned several priests to be national Eucharistic preachers. And so we go around the country when we are invited to give talks on the Eucharist, whether uh, it be a priest retreat, which really was a powerful experience for me this past fall, was to give two talks and a homily every single day for five days straight to brother priests who then went back to their parishes and God willing, planted a revival in their own parishes. But sometimes it's youth events, sometimes it's catechetical events. I'm speaking later, uh, this spring at a gathering in a different diocese for about 400 individuals who will be there specifically for the National Eucharistic Revival. But We were commissioned to go out and preach the good news and to draw people to Jesus, and we know that Jesus is present in the tabernacles of the world, but a lot of people don't know that. And so we need a revival on that specific teaching, and so I've been able to be a part of that.
0: It's been a great blessing. So we're we're stoked to have you here, and we'll talk a little bit about that, too. So Father, Father uh, Jonathan Myers, my guest, he's uh, he and I are going to be uh, one, one of i guess four speakers now at the e6 catholic men's conference in uh, san leon indiana february 18th at uh starts about 8 a.m but you can go to the e6 catholic men's conference i think is the website find out more about yes. how you can come and join us and we have a surprise mystery guest i guess uh, mark hulk will be there with us as well they just announced that so that's pretty cool we're we're, we're pretty excited about that it's yeah be uh be
2: awesome to have yeah, just a great lineup. So if you're in the if you're in the area, the tri-state area, if you're in Indiana or Ohio or Kentucky, there's no one else. To, there's nowhere else to be but then at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna have uh, Matt Burke and a pro pro bowler, Super Bowl champ, uh, football player there joining us too. So it's gonna be great. Well, okay, so we, we we're about to break into our first uh, our first break here in a couple minutes, but I wanted to ha- ask you to please, kind of, get us rolling on your personal story you know, I, I, uh, of of conversion and the call to the priesthood. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. My, I was a baptized
2: a Catholic as an infant. My mom was Catholic. My dad was Lutheran. My dad converted to Catholicism when I was in eighth grade. And my faith was clearly a part of my life, but not the center of my life. Sports and success were really at the forefront of who I was. I was a college athlete, high school athlete. And God woke me up My sophomore year in college, I was at a state university and I was challenged by some non-denominational Christians who kept asking me about my relationship with Jesus. I really had no response for them except for the fact that I'm Catholic and I go to mass on Sunday, but I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I went to mass, except for the fact that it was like my good luck charm to make sure that I would do well in sports and succeed in academics. And eventually I went to a prayer service on campus and I encountered Jesus uh, outside the Catholic church and eventually left the Catholic Church and became a non-denominational Christian while I was in college. And while I was as a non-denominational Christian, that's when I felt God called me to be a priest. And so in the midst of a lot of confusion of who I was supposed to be and who God was calling me to be, I said, God, I will say yes to you. And So my sophomore year in college, I made the decision to enter the priesthood. Uh, and but at that point I was pro-choice. I had never prayed a rosary. I didn't believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. I really didn't know what the priesthood was, except for the fact that I knew that Catholics, for the most part that I knew, did not love Jesus, and have an authentic relationship with him, as I thought
0: that they should. And I thought that I could somehow be a remedy that, to that. That, 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 I could that somehow cuts. Help. That cuts pretty deep, Father. What you just said. When, when we come back, I want to roll back. You know, I, I was talking to a, a helicopter pilot uh, who's who's uh, said they had sort of a hard landing. You know, I was doing this. We have kind of hard landing. And then the next day, I did this. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tell us about the hard landing. And, and it's yeah. kind of the same way you kind of touched. Well, I had this encounter with Jesus. I, we want to hear about that encounter that you had. Go go back a little bit, and and learn more about that when, when we come back. Uh, we're Stick be, with us. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking with Father Jonathan Meyer. We're going to be both. We're all going to be at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference, in St. Louis, Indiana, February 18th. Men, you need to show up in men. Bring your sons. If they're confirmation age right. or older, bring your sons, bring your brother-in-law. Um, so uh you can go to the website, find out more. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Now you can journey with other men on the adventure of a lifetime growing in manly virtue through Bears Man Cave Community and our three-year school of manliness. Join at deepadventure.com. Better yet. You can lead your own sons through the same compelling video, audio, and written content. Can you imagine how much deeper your relationship with your dad could have been and how much more you could have learned and pitfalls you might have avoided if your dad had a tool like this to help to draw you both into a deeper, life-changing discussion? Now you have a trigger that you can pull that will take you into gritty discussions with other men and with your sons at deepadventure.com. Deep Adventure Ministries is grateful to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting the Bear Wozniak adventure on EWTN. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides car loans, mortgages, SBA loans, and depository accounts nationwide, as well as 24-hour support. Go to deepadventure.com to find their link or go to notredamefcu.com. Mahalo to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for making the Bear Wozniak Adventure possible. You can gain traction in the virtues in my book, Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. And you can be inspired by my personal testimony of heartache and triumph with my book, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, both newly published by Sophia and available at our web store, deepadventure.com and also on amazon.com.
1: Is a warning the Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station now to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is
0: Bear Wozniak. Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak adventure. We are so stoked. We've had three men uh, in the last uh, week join uh, Bear's School of Manliness in the Man Cave. We have a, had a Man Cave meet-up last, uh, last Thursday. We had, uh, we, normally, the Man Cave, a lot of the men will have cigars and, and maybe a shot of whiskey or something. Or if they, they, can't, uh, if they, can't, if they can't do that because the, you know, the environment doesn't allow for the smoky cigar. We just meet up. We have a Zoom meetup about once a month. And we had two new uh, members there and then another new member joined. Uh, the man cave. The man cave is like a non Facebook Facebook community on our website deepadventure dot com. But when you join the man cave, you also become a member of the of Bears School of Manliness. It's it's like uh, the the school of the prophets that Obadiah talked about. You know, they're, they they're uh, when Elijah was all depressed and he said, "There's only me, God." Uh, uh, and he said, "No, I got a hundred prophets hidden." You know, with Obadiah in the caves. It's also kind of like the cave of, I guess, uh, D- King David. You know, where when he was on the run from, uh, from Saul and he uh, hid out in the cave of Adullam. And they say that it was kind of like the people, that the men that owed money or running from the law, I, and I always say maybe running from their mother-in-law too. They're a bunch of misfits, and they all joined up with King David, and they formed each other, and they, and, and they were formed by the Lord and to become the mighty men of valor. And I was talking with Stephen Ray the other day, and he thinks he's found that cave of Adullam because in the back of that cave he found those round smooth stones that were used in the in the in the slingshots uh, that was one of the main weapons of that day but we need for men there's no such thing as a lone wolf uh in in christianity jesus surrounded himself with with uh, good friends with his disciples uh and a lone wolf i remember i had a cabin up in montana uh, back in the day and when i first walked onto my land before i bu- built the little cabin little hunter's cabin i saw a wolf uh, the moment i walked on the on the property this mean looking wolf and wolves are big you know they're not they're a lot bigger than a, a husky and his green fluorescent eyes were just kind of piercing me and i realized it wasn't my property it was really his but i we would see him from time to time And one day I I had a chance to talk with a a forest ranger about this wolf. I said, it looks a little bit gaunt, you know, but um, looks pretty mean, pretty angry. And he said, well, that's a a lone wolf. A lone wolf is an alpha male wolf that was pushed out by a younger younger wolf in the pack. And wolves hunt in a pack. You know, that's how they bring down their, their, their fresh meat. And he doesn't have anyone to hunt with. He's alone, and so all these men who so pridefully say, well, I'm a lone wolf? I'm a Christian, but I have my own. I, I kind of live. I kind of do it on my own." You're, you're 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 starving to death, and you need to be in the fellowship of other men. So when you come to the man cave the Bear School of Manliness, there's three years of uh, curriculum, thir- 36 months of curriculum with video, with audio, with, with written lessons, with uh, personal assessments. And But what we're so excited about is the men, when they join the Man Cave, they get to be participate with the other men in our monthly Zoom meetups and on the Facebook community. But they can also bring their sons of confirmation age or older, not to the Man Cave, but to the School of Manliness. The, their sons get their own login. And the fathers and sons go Go through this curriculum together. Our curriculum for the month of January was: uh, Every man needs to have a creed, a code he can live by. It's a quote by John Wayne from the movie Hondo, written by Louis L'Amour. So um, so go to deepadventure.com. We really mean it. We would love to see men join and then men with their sons participate. It's a great way to walk with your son and have really cool uh, conversation with him. We're talking talking with uh, Father Jonathan Meyer. He's going to be... We're all going to join up at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference in St. Leon, Indiana, February 18th, 8 a.m. with Matt, ha- Matt, Matt uh, Matthew Burke and Mark Hauk. And, uh, and so, Father, welcome back to the Deep Adventure Conference. Uh, Uh, dot-com to the Bear Wozniak adventure Um, good to be with you here so you 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 touched on the fact that you had an encounter with Jesus so you you were you were punching the right tickets as a young Catholic you were going to mass but you're holding to the form religion but you hadn't experienced the power what happened when you say you had an encounter
2: yeah so I can say I've only missed mass one Sunday my whole entire life I'm 46 years old and 20 years a priest and I was doing what we should be doing. I went to mat- I went to confession every Lent and Advent, which is like a norm for a lot of nominal Catholics. That's kind of what we do. That's how we were formed in the 1990s. And yeah, so I was invited to a praise and worship session. It was a revival on campus, being put on by a group of non-denominational Christians. And it was really the first time that I was—I have to be honest—I was ever invited to pray. i was really invited to pray from the heart and so i just started singing some songs and this was back in the 90s when you had overhead projectors and there was an overhead projector and they had songs projected up on the wall and i just started singing and i just remember having my eyes closed and i for the first time in my life i felt an overwhelming presence of god i felt the love of god and i at that moment that god was real and i felt it i experienced it and i i felt that night that god placed in my heart uh a voice and it said john be a priest and i was just like i was completely like what this is crazy i had a girl i've been dating for two and a half years and everything in my life was planned out and it was a you know everything was i had i thought i had everything ready i was a college athlete and i was gonna had scholarships and i had a plan of what i was going to do with my career and everything that night changed and a girl came up to me after the she saw me crying and she came up to me after everything it was ended and she just said jonathan have you accepted jesus christ your personal lord and savior i looked back and i said uh, i'm catholic we don't do that and i really didn't mean that like and this is like catholics don't accept you but i just didn't have a response mm-hmm. i didn't know what to say to that question and then she said Jonathan, do you know who Jesus is? And I said, I say an Our Father, and a Hail Mary and a glory be every night before we go to bed. I think I'm good. Mm. And she looked me right in the eye and she said, Jonathan, you have no idea who Jesus is. And she turned around and she walked away. And I, I, we were on a basketball court outside at this point. I remember just seeing her walk towards the building and me standing there in the darkness being like, I am so helpless. And I went home that night and I, I roomed with college, other college athletes. I could not talk to them about what happened. I was I just could not sleep all night. And so I made the decision that night that I was going to ignore the whole priesthood thing, not think about that at all, and just focus on the fact that I really didn't have an answer to the Jesus question. And so I delved, I just, I dove deep into a men's Bible study and a men's prayer group. And what was it, was it a non-denominational um, uh, Bible study at that time? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. everything at that point became non-denominational. Mm-hmm. I kept going to mass on Sunday because my roommate was Catholic and I didn't, have a reason not to go to mass i didn't have anything against it but i just began to realize more and more in my life that i have no idea what this mass is i didn't get it i kept looking around at the other college students and at this point you know i'm going to a bible study and a prayer group and a praising worship session three nights out of the week i'm going to some sort of non-denominational fired up people are excited about their faith their living community and joy and then we go to mass and be like this is terrible mm-hmm. like nobody wants to be here
0: and mm. even the priest
2: i was like mm. i don't even know what he believes right and so when i say that i left the catholic church it was it's more of like emotionally mentally and intellectually i never formally was like i hate the catholic church or i am not a catholic but my heart was i, I, I didn't get it and then people would begin to ask me questions every now and then Well, like, what about mary and what about and i I'd had not i never had an answer i was never taught one lick of apologetics in ccd class and so really, when I eventually made the decision i couldn't get i couldn't shake I fell deeper and deeper in love with our Lord through scripture and prayer, and eventually I couldn't get rid of this idea of the priesthood and I somehow the only way I could figure it out was that God was calling me to be a priest to convert catholics what 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 year was this about
0: This was in nineteen ninety six and when did the new Catholic catechism come out wasn't it ninety five or am I mistaken it was it long before then i don't have
2: i'm not gonna yeah I'm not sure. Someone can fact check that. I'm just, I'm just not sure.
0: I just know that as a young man, and I'm older than you, I wasn't formed at all in my faith. It was, Correct. it was finding the New Catholic Catechism and reading line by line through it that I was just, and reading Stephen From, Ray's Stephen Ray's book, Crossing the Tiber, that brought me roaring back to the Catholic Church because I had experienced Christ in the Catholic Church, hadn't been catechized properly, went into non denominational land, and, and but, but, but once you find. So, so you were you were finding people who really loved the Lord. You were experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit, but you had not been catechized properly. And so, there's you were finding life there. But when we correct, come- so I actually came to faith in the church,
2: in in the seminary. So I entered mm. the seminary pro choice. I entered the seminary with not knowing that Jesus was present in the Eucharist. I entered the seminary with never praying a rosary in my life. I almost look back and thanks be to God, God's divine providence. Thanks be to God that they didn't, those, those weren't all they requirements for me to enter you, the seminary. You were like, you were but like, I, I, I want to be very, I want to be very gentle there because I, I, I don't think that we should allow like heretics and guys with sexual issues. Right. into the seminary. But all I have to say is thanks be to God that I was let in.
0: To the cave of Adullam. Somehow <laughs> yes, they let me in. You let, they let the misfit in. We have to take a quick break, Father. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're talking with Father Jonathan Meyer. He's going to be one of the speakers at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference February 18th, St. Leon, Indiana. I get to join him there with, with Matt Burke and uh, Mark Hoke. Uh, you can go to E6 Catholic Men's Conference uh, to uh, on, on the .com, I believe it is, to find, us, to find more about it on the web. Father, where can people find you if they'd like to reach out to you? The best
2: is reach me at allsaintscatholic.net, allsaintscatholic.net, or on our YouTube channel which is All Saints, We Are One. All
0: Saints, We Are One. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure.
3: This is Daniel Boone Markham with another episode of Country Up. Mentoring. I was 14 years old when I saw my daddy dying of a violent heart attack. Left a serious impression on me. Don't remember crying least much. Guess I was in shock. Around that time, an older neighbor boy raped me, then his uncle attempted the same, and to add insult to injury, a man of the cloth also tried to abuse me sexually. But during that time, some good things were going on, and while I didn't realize what they were doing at the time, the folks of my little fishing village of Elwaco, Washington, were gathering around me. My neighbor, Danny Noonan, baker and boat builder, started taking me deer and elk hunting, Emil Mackey, a second generation Finnish commercial fisherman, took me duck hunting to Sand Island. Norm Greer, my dad's World War Two veteran buddy, was always around to encourage me. When I look back, I realize the good folks of that little fishing village were guiding and mentoring me. They were filling in for my daddy. While Danny and Emil have passed along, they, along with Norm, left a lasting impression on me, as have some good clergy. It's good to be mentored. It's a godly thing. It's a righteous thing. It's a lost art. The Apostle Paul said, Mimic me, follow my pattern as I mimic Christ. Now make sure you're looking up to the right person, the good Lord above all, but to those who follow him and more than follow, they are fine examples of him. They can be few and far between, but they're out there. And following after good folk in time, you too will become a mentor. This is Daniel from the Boon Markham
0: at countryup.org on a journey a few miles this side ahead. We invite our mama bears to join with us at deepadventure.com. You'll have access to all of the long ride home TV shows even before they air on EWTN. Plus three years of the shareable Ocean Sunrise Daily Catechism videos. Plus, at deepadventure.com, a 20% discount at our online store with all of our great t-shirts and clothes and books and rosaries and medals and all kinds of accessories. You'll also get an autographed copy of Bear's latest book and for a limited time, a Catholic Biker stuffed teddy bear, all at deepadventure.com. Come on, Mama Bears. Let's hear you roar.
1: the kind of man that when he gets out of bed in the morning the devil says oh no he's up go to deepadventure.com and invite bear to speak
0: aloha welcome back to the bear wasnik adventure we have as our guest today father jonathan meyer is going to be speaking uh we're going to be speaking together at the east six catholic men's conference february 18th in st leone indiana uh i want to and let everybody know we're having a man cave meetup uh, the weekend of May 19th uh, through the 21st in Cocoa Beach, Florida, or actually it's Melbourne, uh, Florida, uh, at the at uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel right there on the beach. So if you're a knuckle dragger, if you're a, if you're a misfit, as we say, you're welcome to come join uh, the other men. It's we're going to have a retreat. We're going to have teaching, but we're also just going to hang out together and have opportunity to to do some some stuff together. Uh, and to talk story together, to really get to know each other. So we invite you to go to deepadventure.com, uh, contact us, and find out more about the uh, the uh, Man Cave meetup in uh, on May tw- 19th through the 21st in uh, Melbourne, Florida. We have with, as our guest today, Father Jonathan Meyer, who's going to be speaking with me at the A6 Catholic Men's Conference, E6 Catholic Men's Conference, St. Leonie, Indiana, February 18th. Father, you had talked about how... Um, you kinda of skipped a step here too because you had a, a encounter with Jesus. A very genuine encounter with Jesus. You were going to uh You were going to non-denominational churches but continuing to go to mass on sundays but you said at the time you had a girlfriend you you kind of skipped what happened what happened how did that go (laughs) when you said the lord when you first encountered the lord he invited you to be a priest and you're like you got to be kidding me but yeah so sometimes they talk about
2: god or the girl and for me it became just very obvious that it was god and so this young lady who very much so loved and believed that we're most likely going to get married although I was a sophomore in college at the time. Nonetheless, I really just felt like I needed to answer the call. And so uh, I forced an argument and uh, ended the relationship, called my parish priest the next day. Two days later, I met with the vocation director and about three days later, I had the application turned in for seminary. It was very, very quick. And uh, I really do believe like no regrets, no turning back. It's kind of how my mind works. but. I just knew that God wanted me to do this, and I wanted to respond with a big yes, and I did. Uh, now, backstory: yes. her whole family converted to Catholicism. I became her younger brother's godfather and was present when, there when she was received into the church as well. So, God Praise has a mysteri- mm.
0: mysterious plan, does He not? Mm. Praise God. So, so then, you're, so, you, so you said you were uh, uh, you entered the the seminary without really being catechized, and you said you were pro choice. And I, I think was pro-choice. Depends. I didn't even know. I, once again,
2: th- there was a period in our, in our church where catechesis was horrible. I, I didn't even know you were supposed to be. I, it wasn't like I was blatantly pro-choice against the church's church teachings. I didn't even know that we were supposed to be pro-life. I'd never once heard a pro-life homily in my life and had never been mentioned in CCD class. And I never missed CCD class. My mom was a catechist. And this is like, no discredit to my mother. My mother is a very, very good, holy, pious woman, but it just never came up. But I remember clearly having conversations with high school friends and talking about the life issue and them being saying, oh, no, I'm pro-choice. I'm just being like, oh yeah. I mean, like, why would you not be pro-choice? I mean, every woman has a right. Why would she throw away her college education if she got pregnant while in college? So yeah, I was formed by the world. And my dad was Lutheran. He converted to Catholicism. Thanks be to God. I mean, my dad is now like my rock star hero in the faith. He is so on fire with the Lord. He should be on your show sometime. But he... Really cool. He... Yeah, because my dad was not Catholic, we didn't pray the family rosary. Mm -hmm. And so there were just things that just happened to be what they were. So I entered in, yeah, totally clueless. And thanks be to God. I mean, this thanks be to God that first semester in, in seminary was mind, bogg- just mind boggling mind-blowing and so exciting I, I i still remember just going constantly to the catholic encyclopedia yes, yes, kind of before yes, the internet. yes i would go to the library and i would I'd be like whoa this is what we believe yes this is praise so awesome. god yeah <laughs> and I would always be like, how does no one know this like, yeah why is everyone living in the darkness <laughs> yeah so when i talk about that while i was a non-denominational christian i wanted everybody to I, the, the reason i became a priest is because i looked at all my catholic friends who had no idea who jesus was and i was like well they need someone needs to save the catholics so i guess maybe god wants me to be a priest so i can preach to the to the catholics and have mm-hmm. them accept jesus christ their personal Lord and savior once i received the truth of the catholic church it was then even more excitement because i was like whoa they need to actually realize what they have because yes. they have no idea what they yes. have i was envious of my non-denominational
0: christians and they have nothing compared to the fullness of the truth praise god Praise yep. God, you know, it's true. I know for me as a I had experienced the the beautiful baptism of the spirit back in back in the day and but I wasn't being formed. And so I was going to a Southern Baptist University. Loved the Christians there, love the the you know, study scriptures there and, and and I but I but I thought well, sola fide, sola scriptura um, is is the once saved always saved. That that must be just Christian teaching. I didn't realize that it was so contrary. To a Catholic teaching. I have one question for you. Uh, we have our, our priest visiting us here. One of the things that really troubled me though as a, as a new believer, I was about the age you were when I encountered Christ, um, was this, 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 uh, this teaching that we, we sinned and fell and God sent Jesus to the cross so that God could punish him for our sins as opposed to the Catholic teaching on, on, on recapitulation, what Jesus really did, what salvation really is. Do you know what I mean? There's so, when, when they would say that, well, God the Father crucified Jesus, had Jesus punished for our sins, it just seemed like, well, that's not the God that I've personally encountered. It just doesn't feel like, doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense. Can you clarify the distinction between that teaching and Catholic teaching on, on salvation? and what the cross is for us. So I don't want to say anything
2: heretical because I'm I'm not the greatest of theologians, but I do think integral to our understanding of the faith is a beautiful understanding of the Trinity, which is where everything flows from. And that Trinitarian understanding of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are radically in love with each other.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And the fact that the Son willingly accepted I was just, I was just giving a talk actually the the other day on Isaac and Abraham and Mm. how Isaac as a son was 30 years old and his dad was over 90 years old. And Isaac was not bound to the altar without his will. He chose because he loved the father, that the father and the son are union with each other. And the father knows God, God, the father loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So those who believe in him that like God the Father gave his son but the son willfully embraces the son of the father the, the the love of the father and so the two of them are in union their hearts are in union with each other in that in the offering that that Jesus gives to us on Calvary which which is the mass as well that's where we're going with this yeah but continue it, yeah. it, it, it is the mass every mass is the representation of Calvary And Jesus loves us so much that he wants to allow us to enter into the love that the Father has for him and that he has for the Father through the Holy Spirit. And so there is this this gentleness. It's it's actually a beautiful Mm. gentleness that exists within the love of the Trinity. It's a very delicate Mm. sense. It's not this uh, authoritarian Mm. vision that we have of the, the Father, that we have of masculinity, that we have of marriage, and that's not God's will.
0: So you think about when Jesus, when God the Father sent Jesus to to, it just shows you the dignity of man. First of all, that God would become man while remaining all, all God. That Jesus would become man. On, on the when he became man, though he 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 in that kind of in that cosmic way, uh, took on our humanity. And became one with our humanity, as he, as we're invited to become one with his with him in, in his divinity. Uh, on the cross, when you see when you see the wounds of Christ and you see him on the cross, God the Father didn't put him there; our sins put him there. When you, actually, when you see the sins, when you see like I've been to the in Jerusalem, they have the the bronze statue of Christ represented. Yeah, the
2: Shroud of Turin exhibit.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah, it, you see the wounds. And yeah, it's pretty riveting, and you realize that's not, that, that's not God the Father punishing Jesus. That's actually our humanity, our own sins that we see visited on, visited on Him. And I think of it as Jesus. Or I think that how I can say the Catholic teaching is that Jesus came back to make all things new, to restore all things. In fact, even to make them better, because we were, as, as Adam and Eve, we were created be, beings. But as, at the cross, we can become born again and actually become children of God, not just created beings of God, but I think about a weightlifter coming down and doing a, a lift. You know, uh, you know, lifting a, a set of weights off the ground and then to his chest, and then lifting them up, like that. That that image of Jesus on this cross with his arms extended, lifting our dignity, restoring our dignity, uh, taking on our humanity so that we could take take on His divinity and restoring, and even making us even something more more profound. Uh, in what he did for us on the cross but it's not god the father saying well you guys messed up but don't worry i'll send my son and we'll have him punished for your sins it's it's a, it's not that it's not that teaching it's 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 that's rather a novel concept that came came around about 500 years ago uh but it's what we see there is the love of god and you know the thing is too father you know for a father to give his son like that it's hard. It would be harder for as a father. I'd rather be the one on the cross than have my son go there. So as profound as Jesus' gift was, it was profound that the Father gave that gift. We're talking with Father Jonathan Meyer. We're going to be joining up forces at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference in Saint Leon, Indiana, on February 18th at 8 a.m. So find out. You can go to the. You can go to the local Catholic radio station to find out more, or you can uh, you can go to. Uh, the e6 catholic men's conference online father where can people find you allsaintscatholic.net
2: allsaintscatholic.net or on youtube at all saints we are one
0: on youtube at all saints we are one we'll be right back with more of the bear Wozniak adventure people love our ewtn tv show long ride home with bear Wozniak. thanks to you the show has won four different tally awards and now instead of waiting each week for the next episode to air You can actually binge watch our show and even share it with your friends when you go to deepadventure.com and join the Mama Bears or the Man Cave. Along with all the other benefits, you get total access to all the seasons of our aired episodes, plus instant access to episodes that won't even air for several months. Long Ride Home with Bear Wastek, a great way to communicate the gospel in a gritty enough way that even tough men will stop and watch at deepadventure.com. Deep Adventure Ministries is grateful to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting the Bear Wozniak adventure on EWTN. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union provides car loans, mortgages, SBA loans, and depository accounts nationwide, as well as 24-hour support. Go to deepadventure.com to find their link or go to notredamefcu.com. Mahalo to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for making the Bear Wozniak adventure possible. When you go to the Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure YouTube channel, you get access to all of our free playlists, including hundreds of episodes of the Bear Wozniak adventure, plus the three-year journey through the whole catechism in our Ocean Sunrise Catechism series. And you even get short clips and live streaming of Baron Cindy's Adventures in Paradise videos. Go to YouTube and subscribe to the Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure channel. Are
1: you still listening? I thought we warned you to change to an easy listening station. Well, you asked for it. Here is more of the Bear Wozniak Adventure.
0: Aloha, welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I want to invite the men in once more to go to deepadventure.com and become members of the Man Cave and our School of Manliness. You and your son can become part of the School of Manliness. And we want to invite you to go to our YouTube channel, Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure, where you'll find this, this radio show and you'll find uh, uh, episodes of all, all of our prior radio shows and a full uh, about two and a half years of teaching where, we're, where I'm down on the beach and I'm teaching, uh, we, we read through every line by line of the Catholic Catechism. And we kind of teach it from a sort of different, maybe more gritty perspective than maybe that we're used to. We're talking with Father Jonathan Meyer, who is going to be joining us at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference in St. Leon, Indiana, uh, February eight, February eighteenth. Uh, so, so you, you 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 came to the faith, and uh, you went to seminary, and you were formed there. I want to fast forward a little bit, though, Father, because we this is our last segment. In our last segment, we were talking about uh, the representation of what, what the mass is we we're talking about the cross and the work of salvation and you are a national national eucharistic preacher i forget how that is yep. that you're appointed tell us about tell us about this renewal of love that we that the holy spirit is you know inviting us to in our love for the eucharist yeah thank you Baron. and i i think just a
2: great question for all of your listeners today is if i had to ask you why do you go to mass if you got a a piece of paper and I said, write down the top five reasons that you go to mass and imagine that your pastor, your priest asking this question on Sunday and maybe you had pieces of paper and you passed them out to everybody. And then they tabulated all that. If we took, let's say the top 10 or five reasons, most likely you would hear this. I come to mass to hear a homily. I come to mass to hear sacred scripture I come to Mass for community, for fellowship. I come to Mass for the music. I come to Mass to learn something. I come to Mass to see my family, my friends. I come to Mass out of habit. I come to Mass to see the beauty of the church, for sacred architecture. I come to Mass to receive Holy Communion. And in fact, all of those answers are wrong. Because all of those answers are things that can exist outside of mass. Because mass is Calvary. Mass is the representation of Calvary. And the reason that we actually go to mass is to be present at Calvary. It's like going to a time machine and then standing with Mary and John at the foot of the cross and being able to offer your prayers and your petitions and to unite your own sufferings and the sufferings of others in the world to calvary so the reality is we can sing songs outside of mass we can study scripture outside of mass you can listen to preaching and teaching that's better than your pastor i can guarantee it online you can join i hope to god that you have a community that you were actually like where you hang out with people and you pray together and you have a small group i i really do i hope that you do you can join the man cave by the way i hope that you have something like that you can actually receive communion outside of mass if you're sick and in fact, you can go to Mass and not receive communion. Some of, some of us should not because we're going state of mortal sin. And in fact, everybody re- does not receive communion until the age of eight or seven. So the main reasons why people would say that they go to Mass are actually not the reasons to go to Mass. The reason we go to Mass is because it is Calvary. We want to be at Calvary. We've lost that emphasis of what the Mass actually is, which is the representation of the salvation of the world. And I think the Eucharistic revival, which is focusing specifically on presence, that people don't believe in the true presence anymore, that we've somehow forgotten that Jesus is present there. And that is a tragedy. But I think the step even before us recognizing his presence is the fact that Jesus gave us in in the Last Supper in the upper room, the night before he died, he gave us access to his love. And the love that Jesus has for the Father and the love that the Father has for the Son that's given us then to, by the Spirit is His love that is poured out for us at the Mass. And that's why a Mass said in a gymnasium or a Mass that is said on a battlefield or a Mass that is said by a priest who is a rock star or a priest who is a sinner. It is the Mass. And that's why there, wh- whether you know, you've been to a Mass where there is no music or no preaching or poor preaching, or poor music. It's still the Mass. And we as Catholics, we have to rediscover the Mass, and not by trying to make the Mass better. And believe me, I'm not saying that we should not have good music. We should, I I believe that our churches should be beautiful, our music should be beautiful, and, and preaching should be beautiful. And all of that adds, but it only adds to what? To the Mass, which is the representation of Calvary. And that's why if I'm in a foreign country and I go to mass and I have no idea what the priest has said at all because it's being said in Vietnamese or in Chinese or in an African dialect, it's still a mass. And that's why going to daily mass is so powerful because it's not about the music. Sometimes there is no preaching at daily mass. And some of you are like, thanks be to God, Father, when there's no preaching. But I want to invite you who are listening today to really wrestle with that question. What is the mass? And have I possibly focused on something that's actually not the mass and made that what the mass is really about? And I think it's a great invitation. It's a great invitation. I want to go back to something that Bear and I were speaking a second about ago earlier as well as like, you know, both Bear and I, we didn't know our faith. It, It wasn't taught to us well. And so many of you who are listening right now, you are catechists, you are parents and you are grandparents. Do not forget your role. You have power and authority and you have a witness and you have a testimony that the young church needs to hear. And they need to hear it. And most likely those young people are not listening to Catholic radio and they're not listening to podcasts and they're not listening to YouTube videos from Catholic evangelists, but you are. And God is giving you this power I think there's this tendency for people that are like, that are engaged in their faith. They'll, they'll go to, they'll, they'll be like on their ninth study or they're going to like their sixth adult faith formation course. And yet they aren't sharing it with somebody. We have to take what we receive and we need to go out mm-hmm. and give it. And God has given you a gift and he wants you to share it. And so go find a young person. If, if you don't have a youth ministry program at your parish, then just go meet with a, your pastor and say, like, Hey, I need to be a catechist of high school kids. And I want to, I just want to tell them my story and I want to like bring them the faith. And like, if we don't have a youth group, that's fine. Like I'll start one. Me and my other friends that are 70 years old, we want to start a youth group and, and make it happen. In fact, that's how St. John Paul II came to the faith is that there was a dedicated man in his church who chose young men and said, I want to teach you to pray the rosary. And then I'm going to have you go and find 12 men and start a small group and pray the
0: rosary. So set the Wait, world you, on said, fire. you said small group right there. I did say small group. It's important that you have that small group. Jesus, I I didn't mean to interrupt the flow of what you're saying, but no, you're fine. You're fine.
2: No, yeah, we we have to we have to do something. We need to. I always like to say that uh, normal is toxic, and clearly we just keep doing normal, and until we stop accepting normal. We will just keep replicating what we've done before, and what we're doing is not working. And that's why we're having a, Euchar- a eucharistic revival in our country because clearly, what we've been doing is not working. Mm. So we need a new normal because the current normal is toxic. Our you churches
0: know, are empty, and our people are falling away. When I when I travel about, uh, there's so so many churches are like, well, we need to soften things down so we're more acceptable. It's actually those those churches that teach orthodoxy. Both in doctrine uh, and in in the sacraments and in the and in the, and the and the and the moral teaching of the church, those are the ones that are thriving. And young people, especially, are hungry for a challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know. Our, our, unfortunately, our school system is so so much set up so that you know you come into the classroom, sit up, sh- sit down, shut up, take notes, and regurgitate what I told you a month later at, at the test. It's not inviting that that sort of whole societal thing of, of dumbing down. Uh, people uh i mean stripping them of their their proactivity um we need we need a, for our young men young men are are especially are saying i want a challenge why did you play af- athletic why did you play sports in college young men need a, a challenge so if you don't have a men's group in your in your church start when you and one other man can start a men's group if you, you right. man i'm speaking to the men right now um join join the the parish council Teach uh, RCIA. We need our men to 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 step up. It's amazing what one man can do who uh, who has a commitment to faith can do to to, to uh, in terms of servant leadership, leading by example. There, are, every man is a leader. It just depends on which direction, where you're leading people. We've already run out of time, Father. Where can people find you again, Father Jonathan Meyer? AllSaintsCatholic.net,
2: AllSaintsCatholic.net, or on YouTube at All Saints. We are one.
0: And you know what I'm gonna be talking about at the E6 Catholic Men's Conference? I have a Let new book I, I hope I can do a good job. It'll be my first time to give the talk these talks. I've written a new book called Twelve Rules for Manliness. Where have all the cowboys gone? It has been so cool because I've had Father Bryce Lunderin here who's just come out with a new book called The Catholic Cowboy Way and another priest here father, Joe Paddock from uh, Bozeman, Montana. And so uh and so we you come to the E Six Catholic Men's Conference February eighteenth in st leone indiana and join us matthew burke and also mark Hoke, and father jonathan meyer to uh, to go deeper with the lord and 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 uh, to grow in fellowship with some other men uh till next week may the breath of the holy spirit aloha you aloha thanks for listening to the bear Wasting
1: adventure find more manly conversation at the bear Wastig deep adventure youtube channel
3: subscribe and ring the bell